Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planners Financial Services member FINRA SIPC, guides clients with empathy in discovering and reaching their financial goals, and creates financial plans for clients so they can live their life by design. In these episodes, he relates his expert financial insights and discusses timely topics. Royal strives for excellence and has a passion for sharing his knowledge and supporting his community. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Royal, it's so good to talk to you again. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. It's, uh, you know, the, we're getting towards the end of fall right now. Um, we've got the election behind us, thank goodness, mm-hmm. and making plans for the new year. Okay. All right. And uh, this is a a very important time for you personally. I know that we are on baby watch, baby watch 2020. (laughs) So that's very exciting. Probably by the time this comes out, well, you know, we'll probably uh, have a little boy, a little addition to the Stanley family. So uh, my wife and I are very excited about that. I am excited for you. That that is just what a blessing. Uh, So Royal, this is uh, again, a very important time of year. I know that in previous podcasts, we've talked about year-end planning. Uh, that's been a big subject. I know that's not what we're talking about today, but I want to point people back to those types of podcasts that you've done because uh, you, you've really shared a lot of great information. And, and this podcast, I know that you're we're kind of looking towards 2021 and uh, kind of the economy, and you're you're going to do some uh, talking about that today. That's right. I thought it was it would be good to kind of readdress what's going on in the economy in light of COVID. And then also taking into account now that we have a pretty good sense of the election uh, and those results and what that means for 2021. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and just to clarify, while we're recording this, the, the winner has not been officially declared uh, by all that need to declare it. Uh, and then there's also something going on in Georgia. And we're, so we're going to make some assumptions today. What are those assumptions? Right. So the assumptions we're going to... Um, use for today, and I think I, I think these will play out, is number one, they're, they're, we're still going through the court challenges that the Trump campaign has in Pennsylvania, Nevada, Arizona, and Georgia. Um, my, my assumption is Joe Biden is the next president. He's been called uh, by mm-hmm. the AP and all the major news outlets. So we're, we're just going to assume that, you know, over the course of the next month or so, that'll become the, the reality we're working under. The other big thing is the Senate is still up in the air of who is going to control that going into the new year. In Georgia, if candidates don't have more than 50% support in the state, then those uh, can, uh, those races go into a runoff, and that's going to happen in early January. Mm-hmm. So for the rest of the country, the election's over, and we can start you know making new plans. Those poor people in Georgia still have yeah. you know another forty five days of intense uh, advertising and campaigning by these two uh, uh, Senate races to still deal with. So my condolences to anyone uh, having to live through that in Georgia. Seriously, it's just time to turn off all the media. (laughs) That's right. That's That's right. right. And so our assumption will be is that the Republicans are going to continue to control the Senate. Um, uh, For the Democrats to really take control, it looks like they would have to win both of those Senate races. And I think that's a a fairly low percentage outcome there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the the Republicans will probably hold on to at least one of those, uh, those seats in the Senate. So we're going to see more divided government going into the new year and 
you know, what does that mean for the next two years before the midterm elections? Mm -hmm. All right, let's go. What are we, what are we talking about then? Oh, perfect. Perfect. Well, number one, you know, we're, we're still dealing with the effects of COVID. We still see those numbers rising very heavily, but we did get some great news um, from the uh, company Pfizer and BioNTech. Uh, they released uh, results here just recently saying that they have a vaccine that's 90% effective, which is which is great for uh, the effectiveness of vaccines mm -hmm. uh, against COVID. If you look at the flu vaccine, that's usually 50 to 60% um, effective against flu. Now, a lot more strains of the flu than there is COVID-19 at this point. But 90% effective rate, that's very good. Yeah. They're going to need FDA approval, which hopefully will be forthcoming, and then it's delivering vaccines. So the hope is, and I think we're, we're starting to hear this from uh, the medical community that hopefully if we can get enough people vaccinated, we can start putting this in the rear view, you know, hopefully by mid-year 2021. Now, obviously a lot of things can happen between then and now, but um, the hope is, is that we're, we're closer to the end of COVID than we were uh, a month ago. Yeah, that's, again, that's good news. We like to hear that. Right, right. So with a, with the Biden pres presidency, though, we don't know what he is going to come out with as far as a national mandate for maybe lockdowns or wearing masks. You know, we're, we're not quite sure yet what his plans are there. Uh, I think we will probably see a national mandate for max masks. You know, the question is, is how best to uh, do that uh, when you're running the, the national government and the states really have the mm -hmm. authority there. So we'll see what happens there. But um, you know, we might see a lockdown. My guess is, is, is hopefully we're seeing a lot of states kind of take the reins here, you know, in mid November right now, imposing lockdown. So hopefully that will, uh, stop this spread enough where we don't need a national lockdown mandate, you know, fingers crossed there. We want everybody to be as, as healthy as possible during this, uh, this crazy time. But from the, the economic standpoint of that, we are pretty hopeful for 2021, we are starting to see some some things shake out in the stock market, however, uh, maybe a little bit of a changing of the guard there. What we're seeing, it was interesting when they did announce that uh, uh, pretty successful vaccine trials, was we started to see a shift away from those stay-at-home stocks like Zoom and Amazon and more into some of the, the other names that have really been beaten down. You know, we saw big moves in cruise lines, airlines, hotel chains. Um, all good positives for maybe a return back to normal here, mm -hmm. um, you know, in hopefully less than a year. And that's really, I think, part of what we're looking at here, uh, and we're talking to our clients about quite a bit, is a change from what's really been a market that's driven by growth stocks and technology. Technology has had a phenomenal year this year with names like Amazon, uh, Alphabet, the parent company, company of Google, uh, Microsoft. All of these tech names have really been driving the markets while the rest of the, the markets have really been struggling uh, due to the effects of COVID. So mm -hmm. with that, we, we think we're going to start seeing a shift away from those names because they are starting to get very pricey from a price earnings ratio. So we think there'll probably be a breather, maybe some people rotating out of those stocks and probably a return to... Um, more value type investing, maybe taking the lead going into, uh, 2021 and 2022. Gotcha. All right. All right, Royal, that's a great snapshot of kind of what we're looking at here in the U S but 
this COVID thing, you know, has been worldwide. I mean, that's, that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. And, and every day on the news, I'm hearing something about another country up, oh, we're going back into lockdown or we're doing this. What does it look like on a global scale for uh, the future in, in 2021 and beyond? Yeah. So uh, earlier this year, when we had um, really all the major investments companies come out with their capital market assumptions, which is really kind of their baseline for what they think is going to happen over the next few years, we really saw them um, kind of rate international markets and emerging markets as what they could they could possibly see as the highest performing markets over the next 10 years. Mm. Um, I think with COVID, that's been a real challenge, especially in Western Europe. Um, we're seeing COVID, especially like in Japan and China, not be as much of an issue. And then I think Australia has done a fairly good job along with New Zealand of, of keeping uh, the virus uh, under control there. So uh, I think in Western Europe, you're still going to see a lot of challenges there as they work through COVID. But we still feel that uh, over time, international markets are going to be a place that you still want to be invested in uh, at some level. Um, and I think it's it's really the, where... Uh, active management in those international markets is very important. Hmm. You know, the the other thing when we talk about the international markets is so many U.S. companies get uh, just a large portion of their profits from those international markets. So even with a U.S.-based portfolio, um, you're still getting some exposure to kind of worldwide growth trends as well. Yeah. One thing that I've thought about through this entire process is, the companies, just thinking of Apple as one of them, but the companies that are getting a lot of their internal parts from different countries, mm-hmm. uh, when they're having to deal with lockdowns and shutting down certain you know businesses and so on and so forth, I've really kind of tried to see if I could see some sort of trend or or anything going on with all these different companies, but it's really hard to <laughs> really hard to know who's <laughs> getting what from where. Uh, so it, it's kind of hard to plan on on who's going to have a problem with their production line, maybe because of something in another country. That's right. That's right. And that that's really where we, we rely on uh, great international managers to kind of parse out those markets mm-hmm. and really decide where best to allocate those, do- those, those dollars. International is a very complicated space. Uh, and you know, when you start factoring in emerging markets there as well, yeah. um, gets really complicated and, and that's one where I think uh, indexing might uh, might be a little little bit of a of a strain here going over the next uh, few years, because you don't necessarily want to own just exposure to the entire international market. You kind of want to I think a little bit more focused uh, exposures there, and that's what active management can do um, for that. Got it. All right. You know the other thing that we're seeing here is what's going on with interest rates and uh, the bond markets. Um, I think this is going to be some of the most challenging spaces in the markets going forward. You know, we believe in bonds as a diversifier for portfolios, but with interest rates hitting all-time lows this year, you know, the 10-year treasury got down to where it was yielding, uh, you know, 0.6% earlier Mm -hmm. this year. Right now it's up around, you know, 0.8, 0.9%. That's a very challenging market market because as interest rates rise, your bond holdings will start to lose value. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's the argument of, you know, how much real return are you going to get there if you're buying a, a bond portfolio that's only yielding, you know, sub one interest? Yeah. You know, is that still the best uh, allocation for capital? So that's where we're looking for 
maybe some diversifiers in that space, maybe rotating uh, a little bit more into the stock market uh, uh, or real estate or other assets that should do well in a rising interest rate environment. You know, the, the thing I keep coming back to is the Fed coming out earlier this year and saying, hey, we, we want to see inflation. We are going to work uh, to see inflation across the economy uh, to try to kind of reinflate our way out of some of these these issues here, especially when they, when you look at the amount of stimulus they've printed. When you're looking to pay back those dollars, it's, it's somewhat easier to uh, pay them back when you, when you get a, a little bit higher inflation rate. Mm-hmm. So that's a big concern for me. I think that's where we're looking at our portfolios to say, you know, do you have too much exposure to long-dated treasuries? It's also a real challenge when uh, I've talked to a few people this year reallocating their portfolios and their 401ks, trying to do it themselves, and they'll look at what the performance has been in their fixed income allocations in their 401ks. And they see, wow, this, this long dated treasury mutual fund, you know, is up seven, 10% for the year. Well, that's what I want to buy. Not realizing that when interest rates start going up, the inverse will happen and you'll see those funds lose seven Mm or 10%. Mm. uh, And it's not the, the safe, uh, safest place to uh, hide. Uh, going forward. So be very careful when you're dealing with your fixed income allocations that um, you're not getting caught there in an interest rate trap, thinking that past performance is any indicator of what's going to happen in a rising interest rate market. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you brought up interest rates. So I want to I want to ask you a question about that. On the last podcast, you spoke about home ownership. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was so anybody who's listening to this, please go back there. There was so much great information that Royal gave about home ownership and, and the different things that you really need to consider at this point, um, whether you own a home or whether you're considering buying one. And we talked about refinancing as well on that on that podcast. So when it comes to interest rates, what do you see in, in 2021 with a Biden presidency with interest rates? How high or quickly can they be raised if that's something that is going to happen? Uh, because like you said, I, th- I think we're assuming that it will in a way, but what does that look like for anybody who's looking to, to watch that? Right, right. So uh, I, I think we'll probably see low interest rates for the next year or two. As far as what the Fed sets for their overnight rate, I think what we will see, however, is a lot of volatility in the, uh, the overall bond market as people maybe start shifting out of holding those assets at, mm. at the level they have in the past. So uh, we could see a lot of volatility there. If you're looking at refinancing, um, I would say, you know, now's the time to do it. We could see interest rates go go higher. I think that's the bigger risk. And, and right now, the difference between the 10-year yielding 0.6% to, you know, uh, 0.8 or 0.9 or even 1%, from, re, from a refinancing standpoint, probably a great time to to look at that and lock in that low rate going forward, especially when we start factoring in that the government is trying to create, create inflation mm-hmm. over the next 10 years. Yeah. I also think if you're looking at buying a home, um, it's probably a great time to do that because just the amount uh, of money you're going to save over the next 30 years with interest rates near zero um, that's really something that should factor into the equation there of renting versus buying. Mm-hmm. I, I was having this conversation with with a client who's um, 
renting currently, and it's just the 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 question of you know should I look to buy a home? And if we can kind of discount that, that we're probably not going to have another two thousand and eight real estate crash, you know I think. I think there's definitely a possibility that we have a five to ten percent pullback in real estate prices. Um, you know that's a possibility, uh, but nothing major where we we have another two thousand eight. It's probably the right time to get into a house and lock in that interest rate because if we do start to see inflation, you know that's going to push up uh, home prices. And higher inflation probably means eventually higher interest rates as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, your ability to get into a home is just going to get harder and harder. So yeah. that's something we'd really encourage people to kind of sit down and look at. Is it the right time to, to buy a house? And, um, you know, this this could be a very good time to, to lock something in, um, especially when we start doing the, the, the math against renting versus owning and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And like you said, definitely t- uh, check out our last podcast that we did about home ownership, because I think, uh, you know, this, this is probably a good time to, to look at, you know, locking in very low rates um, and get yourself into something that you can live in for the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. I also want to point back to another previous podcast, Royal, that you did on uh, behavioral finance, right? We, we've spoken about that a couple times on this podcast and just kind of how emotions are, I mean, truly emotions are the enemy when it comes to, to finances, because we make emotional decisions, positive and, and negative. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's just snap judgment. Sometimes my concern is all the media attention that it, this, the election has brought COVID has brought, um, we both have uh, agreed in the past that the media is there to sell advertising. And so mm-hmm. they're going to sensationalize just about everything. And, how are you helping your clients kind of guard themselves? Because I remember when, when Trump was elected, uh, you know, four years ago, it was, Oh, you know, there's a large amount of people are like, I'm out, I'm moving to Canada. I'm not going to be around for a Trump presidency. And obviously most of them, 99% of those people are still here. Uh, and, and I've heard the flip side of the coin just recently in the last week. Oh man, Biden in the white house, I'm moving. I'm, I'm out of here. Okay. Whatever. No, you're not. Um, but, the media is going to play these things, right? They, they are going to really shove the, the, the negative things that Biden does down our throats. And they're going to, you know, they're going to continue to shove the negative things that Trump is doing, you know, down our throats. Um, how do you help your clients move past that and say, okay, ignore what they're saying. You know, here's, here's some truth. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think number one is just turn off cable news. You know, we, we, we just, are not good at telling the difference as human beings between news and facts and opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you turn on Fox news, turn on MSNBC. Most of everything that's on that is mostly opinion with uh, facts sprinkled around. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you really need to be careful there. Personally, I, I'm of the opinion, you know, just read your newspaper, stay out of the opinion section, um, you know, if you, if that's probably the, the safest place to get your facts at this point, uh, versus, you know, cable news, which really is just trying to get you to stay watching through the next commercial break. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, you know, there, there's not that much news happening, so they have to fill that mm-hmm. with opinions and people yelling at each other. And, and that's just, I, I don't think a good use of our time and mental energy most of the time of, you know, debating back and forth, these, these really somewhat inconsequential, 
inconsequential issues uh, that uh, probably don't have much of an effect on your life. But uh, when we watch it on cable news, it's like, oh, this is really this is a really important debate Mm -hmm. is how it's framed. But in reality, it probably has no effect on your life at all. Yeah. Yeah. What else do we need to cover in this podcast for for 2021-2022? Yeah, I think the big thing is um, really looking at uh, your asset allocation right now. This is where having a financial planner who um, understands your goals, understands where you're trying to get to, as well as your risk tolerances and what's important to you, is really important. This is really the time where I would say sitting down, doing a review, seeing if there's anything that should be tweaked. Um, It's a great time to maybe rebalance portfolios, uh, maybe make a shift out of some of those those growth type uh, stocks and names. Um, Make sure you're well diversified and kind of ready for whatever happens going forward. Um, You know, we we have a number of different um, portfolios that we use for people. Uh, just based off of, you know, where they want to be invested and how much risk control do they want to have over that portfolio, you know, to either stay invested no matter what happens or uh, to kind of rotate out and get more conservative should we have another big fall like we saw in March. Yeah. Well, Royal, so, I, you, you and I have been working together for a long time. And mm-hmm. uh, I I want to just share with the audience, Royal always gives his or, or normally gives his contact information for those that want to contact him and, and, and chat with him about what their situation is. Uh, but I'm going to specifically speak to those that are already working with an advisor. You should get a second opinion, right? And, and of course, I'm going to suggest that you speak with Royal. That's, that's just because I know him personally. And, and uh, it would be great to have a second set of eyes on what you're doing and what your advisor is doing. And I can tell you that Royal will, will be very straightforward and honest. If your advisor is doing a great job, he's going to tell you that. And he's going to wish you well, and and you may never speak again, or you may never work together. Uh, but he's going to let you know that this is, you know, either positive or negative, you know. But if if you're not getting a second set of eyes, you'll just never know if you you're getting everything that you need for what you are hoping to accomplish in your future. So please consider that if you're working with an advisor, give Royal a call, uh, give his team an opportunity to take a look at what you're doing now, let him know your hopes, goals, and dreams, and it can really you know, help show you if that's a positive or, or if there's some things that maybe need to be tweaked. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Royal, thank you so much for your time today. Is there any closing thoughts for today's podcast? You know, I think the closing thought I have is, is here's to a new year as we approach the end of 2020. Um, Very hopeful for 2021 and uh, kind of moving past some of the issues we've gone through this year and uh, seeing what the future holds. Yeah. Royal, I'm living a little vicariously through you. Uh, a birth of a baby is such a joyous and blessed event, new beginnings. And that's exactly what you're talking about today. New beginnings, uh, both for you and your family, and then uh, for your clients in 2021, just kind of looking at the future and, and what that holds. So thank you so much for your positivity. Thank you for your influence in your community and, and with your clients. Uh, I, I appreciate your time today. My pleasure. It's good to be here with you. Absolutely. And the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 
The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planners Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not meant to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.